Leviathan Haunt. Howdy and welcome aboard to my podcast. I'm the captain, Shaibaku of the Dead, and every single audio log, I'll be talking about anything and everything that comes to my mind and is of interest to me. That's including spoilers, so you have been warned. A really good way to support me is by listening to these audio logs on either Audius or Odyssey, since each audio log is uploaded at least 10 days in advance before being available everywhere. The link to those and all my social medias are in the dot car link in the show notes. So strap in because we're about to take off. Welcome to Audio Log 16. And howdy, I hope y'all are doing. So for this episode, if you've been following me on Minds, which you should, the link to that will be in the dot card link in the in the show notes in this episode's uh, notes. Go ahead, check it out. Now, if you've been following me for some time, I've recently posted how I was watching the new uh, anime movie Code Geass: Lelouch of the Resurrection, and how I was only like half an hour in, and I was enjoying that movie so much. And I finished the movie, and my goodness, I loved it. I really, really loved it. Although, it has its things um, that I prefer more than others. Uh, So let's just get straight to it and talk about my my opinions on this matter. So, I watched the movie. And by the way, I I know I've said it already in the intro, but I'll say it again. Spoilers. I'm going to be talking about spoilers. So here's the spoiler. At the, at the end of the movie, I didn't realize that this uh, Code Geass, this movie, Code Geass Lelouch of the Resurrection, is actually not a sequel to the anime itself. The anime is its own universe. They finished everything. Everything was tied up well. That, that anime is still my favorite of all time, and it's still like the masterpiece that if you if y'all haven't seen it go watch it no. but about this it's actually this movie is not a sequel to that which i find is surprising it's actually an alternate universe that takes place uh let's see it's actually a retelling so it's this is actually the fourth yeah this is actually the the, uh, the fourth installment of a tetralogy, basically, where the first three movies are a retelling of the original series with a lot of changes. Well, a couple changes in the in the in those in that story. Like the biggest one is the fact that stuck out, stood out to me was that Shirley doesn't die. She's not killed at all. Um, instead, she didn't shoot Valletta said it was Detard who shot Valletta. I don't really know how that plays into a lot of things and how well that looked, but Shirley didn't die. So, and also on top of that, her father wasn't at the Battle of Nagita, I believe, where he was killed in a landslide. He wasn't there, so he was never killed. So neither of them die. And on top of that, Shirley was the one who actually ran an undercover operation to retrieve Lelouch's body after he was killed in the Zero Requiem 
so they could preserve his body to resurrect him, which for me, that doesn't make any sense. As someone who loved the original series, it was it was pivotal that Lelouch had to kill himself. It didn't make sense to just like, it doesn't make sense to me at all to, to only fake his death. That doesn't really make any sense. Uh, the only way Lelouch's dream would come true or would become a reality is if he killed himself. So I don't see how that makes any sense. I am planning to watch these three movies with my sister and, uh, and brother-in-law because they're pretty interested not only in this movie because but also interested in seeing the first three movies because I did tell him there are some changes between those two. So that's what's going on. So if you don't if you like it or if you don't like it that much, at the very least, you could say that Code Geass is still good. It's a masterpiece, and you could consider that separate from what we're talking about, since they're basically two different uh, uh, universes. So I don't know what else happens in these first three movies. And by the way, the movies are called Code Geass Initiation, Code Geass Transgression, and finally Code Geass Glorification, which then finally sets off the fourth movie, which is Code Geass for Lelouch of the Resurrection. The only thing, so one thing that I did not like or initially didn't like is that when this uh, project was originally, <clears throat> sorry, originally announced, it was called Resurrection of Lelouch, since that was kind of like the Japanese name. Um, so I was excited about it. I'm like, oh my goodness, there's a sequel to Code Geass. But like I said, I'm like, a sequel? doesn't really make any sense how can how can Lelouch be still be alive uh okay but I'm like oh but there's a, a continuation of that series that first came out in goodness no Geass first came out in uh, here, let me look this up real quick Oh no, wait, 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 2006. My goodness, that was a long time ago. So almost, so give it three more years and it was, it's been 20 years since Code Geass first came out and it's still good back to this day. And a lot of people say it's a, the, the animation, I'm not the anime, but the show itself is actually more relevant to this day because of what's been going on around the world and politically and all that stuff. It's so relevant. So I, I'm thinking, so like I said, I was excited. There was a continuation of the series, but then I find out it's actually just a movie. I'm like, huh, why? Why is it just a movie? So I was a little disappointed. I didn't really make any time to go watch it in theaters. I just watched it on Crunchyroll recently. Like I mentioned, I, actually, I don't think I mentioned that on my uh, Minds post, but I watched it on Crunchyroll. It was, it was really good still. And now it made more sense to me since this movie is actually is supposed to be just a start off. It, this is this movie is going to start off a new series where. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to skip ahead and say it. The, the movie at the end of the movie, basically. Uh, in order for Lelouch to retrieve uh, Nunnally, who was trapped in Sea's world, he something happened where I think fragments of God or just shards of the of Sea's world 
are scattered across the world and basically Lelouch and and C2 basically go on this journey to collect them. And that's actually going to be a new a new series that and that's to start off to a new series called uh, it's not mentioned here on the movie here on the, the movie article on Wikipedia, but let me just check the code Gios. Here we go. Here we go. Let me just read it out loud. A new anime television series titled Code Gios Z of the Recapture was announced on December 5th, 2020, which is actually, fun fact, it, it's Lelouch's birthday. The new anime project is part of a new 10-year plan for the franchise by Studio Sunrise, so the original guys, with Yoshimitsu Ohashi is directing the series, Noboru Kimura writing the script, and Takahiro Kimura returning to design the characters. Uh, in celebration of the new anime, the Code Geass Lelouch of the Resurrection movie was re-released in 4D in Japanese theaters on January 29th, 2021. That's actually pretty cool. So that's what it sounded like. So it's just to start off this new series. But a lot of the times, I don't like it when uh, a lot of series do this because because a lot of times the quality of this uh, the quality of like this prologue to start off this new series is a lot of times it's not that good. But I have to say go watch this movie if you haven't seen it already uh if you haven't even seen the movies um at the very least if you've seen the anime go ahead and go straight to watching this but if you really want to watch the movies which there are just a couple different changes in it it's go on ahead as well i'm like i said i'm planning to watch them uh not yet sure when it's uh unscheduled undefined but i'm planning to go watch the uh the three the three the first three movies and then reintroduce and then rewatch Lelouch of the Resurrection. So most of the original cast back uh what else? I'm looking at the Lelouch of the Rebellion Resurrection uh uh, Lelouch of Rebellion. Lelouch of the Resurrection. Wikipedia article. There's not much else for me to say. Uh, when I read that it was so... I do remember something else which was... When I read that this is the start off of a new anime series. I got... Suddenly I got excited again. I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't wait for that series to come out. Can't wait to watch it. Maybe I'm gonna watch Code Geass again for the eighth time, this time in Japanese, which I've never done. But another thing that came through my head is like, what if I find, what if I can voice a character, maybe a minor character in this series? I would love to do that, yeah. Um, a little bit about myself. When I was younger, I had this dream of doing acting and movies and TV shows. But then as I got older and older and up to this point, especially recently, I abandoned those dreams because I've said this many, many times in the past. Screw Hollywood and all the stuff that they're doing. Uh, don't stop giving power to these people. Stop voting with your money to give to keep pumping out the same garbage over and over again. And that's 
and I want nothing to do with the Hollywood scene anymore. The voice acting scene is slightly off. It's just slightly off. There's some voice acting that is still Hollywood, and there's some that are not as mainstream into Hollywood. And I would like to do more voice acting. Uh, I'll love to do that. I need to work on my voice, of course, breathing and, and, and emotions. Emotions, by the way, so anyone who wants to do voice acting, and I've heard this, but I I don't know this from experience, but this is a great uh, piece of advice I heard from someone. I forgot who they, I forgot their name right now. Um, they said, when you're doing voice acting, people are not looking for impressions. We're not, they're not looking for someone to do an impression or to do a heavy accent for, uh, for a specific character. They're looking for people who who could pull out a, a a specific emotion right on the spot that's what they want that's what they really want when it comes to voice acting they don't want someone who sounds like spongebob because why would you want someone who sounds like spongebob when um kenny kenny tom i forgot is it tom kenny or something like that the voice of spongebob uh when he but you get the idea the why do we need someone to do the voice of spongebob when this voice of spongebob is still around and alive okay we don't need that so as and when i say we i mean like companies like legit companies they, they don't need that if you're going to do a pro obviously people are going to want uh, impersonations if you're going to do a project like a more of a indie project private project of course they're gonna they're gonna want that but when it comes to like the, the big bucks something that pays something that pays good something that's going to be on tv or it's going to be uh broadcasted to a lot of people they don't want an impression they don't want you to to give off like a stereotypical german accent uh of course of course if you can do an accent that's great but what's more important than that is executing a specific emotion and i remember uh related to that same advice that i got i remember i think it was the same person they actually show like a wheel of emotions you probably have to look it up online probably it's called wheel of emotions or something like that but it's a wheel it's a circle with a that is sectioned off and oh that's funny because the first thing i when i typed out when i finished typing down or when i was typing down wheel of emotions it auto completed for me yeah, there we go. Type down Wheel of Emotions and you'll see and there will be a circle and within the middle and within like the uh, in the middle of this circle, you see the basic like uh, basic emotions like sadness, like sad, sophisticated, sophisticated, surprise. That's what I, mean. I read that wrong. But happy, sad, angry, and you know, the basic emotions. But but then blooming out in a cone, let's say with happiness, then it splits off into something a bit more specific, like interested or proud or accepted. And even like accepted, it blooms off into even, it even splits off into like respected or valued. So you need to, so look it up. It's wheel of emotions and just work on, work on your voice to sound loving or creative or successful or in awe or let's say with angry infuriated or provoked or jealous or violated violated yeah violated uh there's all these emotions that, that that's just some free advice 
Um, my goodness, I haven't, I haven't even started talking about the movie itself. I really want to get into this movie. But, well, anyways, like I said, I would love, I would love to see, fact, I would love to get into in connection with someone in, in the anime industry, really, animation industry, uh, especially the indie scene. But I don't mind if it's the mainstream either, or not the mainstream as in Hollywood, but like anime. Uh, I'm done with, like I said in the past, I'm done with Hollywood. I'm done with uh, even specifically Disney, Marvel, DC. I'm just done with those guys. Uh, but I would love to see if I gain connection with people in the anime industry. Even if it's a small role, it's still a good foot in the door. And enough about me. I'm going to go start talking about the actual movie itself. I'm just going to uh, I'm just going to go by scene by scene from what I remember and, and some of these clip notes that I have on screen for me to uh, bounce off of. But we're going to do that when I come back after this break. So just sit tight. Just sit tight. All right, welcome back from the break. And I would have to admit, uh, yeah, I talked a lot of not the plot and sorry, not sorry, but let's just get straight to the plot. So the movie opens pretty cool. It's a, uh, it's like a, it's nostalgic. Anyways, so Tamaki, so, Tamaki, he pops a champagne bottle to the opening of his new cafe, Cafe Zero Two, and it's it has like a zero. It has a lot of like paraphernalia and themes around Zero and the Black Knights. Uh, there, there's even like a a like altered um, Zero mask on the wall. It was really cool to see like almost everyone. It's like the grand opening event. Almost everyone is there, uh, save for a couple people. The biggest thing that stuck out to me was the fact that uh, we see we also see Valletta and Ogie's baby. I don't think I don't think they called uh, the baby by a name, so I'm not sure what's the baby's name, whether it's a ma male or female. It doesn't really matter to the movie because we just see the baby once and that's it. Uh, we also see uh, Rakshada's uh, family. Um, I think nieces. I, I believe it is. Yeah, I believe it's Rakshada's niece who plays a, a larger role than the baby, that's for sure. She plays somewhat of a role and who is also as intelligent as Rakshada. Um, we cut ahead. Anyways, actually, this takes place a year since the events of the Zero Requiem, which is the last episode of Code Geass. Well, technically not the last episode, but the last event. It's like I said, this is not a continuation or a sequel to the original anime series. Instead, it's a sequel to the... It is a sequel to the Code Geass movie trilogy that is a retelling and slightly altered version of the story of Code Geass with some change, with some subtle, some different changes. Uh, this takes place after a year since the Zero Requiem. And 
and uh, where was I going with this? Right. So we cut ahead, and so after the the cafe scene, we go and we go to Nanoli and Suzaku, who is taking the identity of Zero. Uh, they're doing ambassador work for the Federation of Nations, which oddly enough, for some reason, they're called the U they're not called the United Federated federation of nations instead they're just simply called the federation of nations which i don't know if if it's just semantics or if that was purposely done if that was something that was covered in the uh in the movie trilogy uh i'm not sure about that and for now i'm guessing it's just semantics which kind of reminds me of the ova series akito the code geass akito the exile which by the way i think i already said this uh earlier where it's just awful it's completely awful just skip it it has nothing to do with with any of the stories it's it's all it's its own contained thing and i still want to believe it has it's not a part of code geass at all it's just awful like i remember in that movie the euro universe was which as silly as the name is that's what it was called in the original series for some reason they were renamed to the european union why just keep it as the euro universe the european union sounds too realistic uh but yeah so coming back to this uh so not only suzaku they're doing ambassador work it's great to see them again suddenly they are attacked by a group by a group of nightmare frames and my goodness when i saw the nightmares it was nostalgia all over again if i, I don't know if i ever said it before but one of my favorite genres of anime besides action and adventure is mecha. Um, although I say that because just the fights are really cool, but at the same time, I'm not a, it's, ironically, I don't watch a lot of mecha animes because most of them aren't even centered around the mechas, which Code Geass ironically is one of those, but it has an interesting story nonetheless. But I noticed that most uh, mecha enemies don't revolve around the mechas or, or not even focus on the mechas, but the mechas are more of a backdrop. And in the foreground, there's all this drama stuff that I don't care about. Uh, so they're uh, ambushed by this nightmare squad and suzaku unfortunately he's easily defeated because the nightmare that he was uh piloting was nothing more than just a display for uh diplomatic reasons it was it didn't have any weapons any good weapons on it or anything like that but he still managed to pilot it well i think it was a altered version of the lancelot from back in the day pretty cool uh he gets captured not only gets captured and they're in custody of Shalio and Sham Shamana, the sibling rulers of the kingdom of Zilkistan, which is which has suffered from world peace that the um, that the events of the Zero Requiem created, because it's crippling their primary export, which is mercenary soldiers. So, which is pretty interesting. So Zilkistan is a some sort of like. Um, Middle Eastern actually I think it is in the Middle East there's a they show a map and I think it is in the Middle East it's like this Middle Eastern uh, looking country a feeling country even the nightmares have odd names to them like Shalio's nightmare frame that we see later on 
let's see, let's see. Let me look for it real quick. By the way, Shalio is the king, while Shanma is the princess. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I don't mean that sarcastic. Uh, so, Shalia, Shalio, he is. Uh, it's interesting. So I say Middle Eastern, yet they have like uh, blonde hair and uh, and yeah, both of them have blue eyes. So there's no real. Uh, so it's. It's Middle Eastern uh, inspired. Maybe another country that I'm not familiar with for its inspiration. Uh, I cannot find it for the life of me. Where is this place? And not place, but what is? There are some odd names. The nightmares have odd names. It'll come to mind later on. I'm trying to look for it on the Code Geass wiki. Which I'm not a fan of the the simple wiki. Uh, these simple these. Uh, I'm not a fan of the of the wiki fandoms because if they're not well uh, organized, they just look very unprofessional. But that's another that's another topic for another, another day. Okay, here we go. Yeah, Shalio has a nightmare frame called the Nagid Shu Main. That's three separate words. And it's a cool looking nightmare frame. It has cool abilities and all that stuff. It even has this weird, uh, even has this system called the Megastos Omega. Some sort of weird system that allows it to up its speed and create after images of itself that could go up against the Lancelot, uh, not Albion. So it's it's the new Lancelot, which is called it's called Lancelot Sin, which I'm not really sure what the SIN stands for. Uh, yeah. It, it doesn't say what the SIN stands for, but it's, it, for the most part, it looks exactly like the Lancelot Albion. Um, still looks cool. Still love the design of these nightmare frames. Awesome, awesome. The coolest, the interesting, uh, the interesting thing about Shalio is that Shalio is kind of like a foil to Nunnally because both of them are wheelchair bound. Both of them have, uh, well, with Nonnerly, she was originally blind, but with Shalio, he actually has poor eyesight, uh, which is pretty interesting. But they they contrast in the idea that, you know, Nonnerly is more for peace and Shalio just wants a, a conflict, obviously for his country. Uh, Shanma, on the other hand, has a, a, is the princess of the country, uh, and she has a Gios ability that allows her when she is in the event that she is killed her gios will activate and it will send her it will send her not her conscience but the information of the events leading up to her death it will be sent 
back to the past to her in the past six hours before so so if she so if something if she if she's losing against a battle she could send she could kill herself and send herself to and send that information to herself to the past which is pretty interesting uh Which is actually the whole plot, which is pretty much the really one of the biggest plot devices in this movie, uh, which I, I kind of liked. It, it was okay. Um, and Lelouch managed to find out what it was. It was actually pretty interesting. He basically what he did is that he him and C2 realized that, oh, whoever is gaining somehow supernaturally gaining our intel, even though it is never been leaked and gain the upper hand in our strategies and using our own strategies against us must have Gia. So he started typing down like the, like over a hundred possibilities based on what he knows. And every time Shanma was killing herself and she was doing things differently, Lelouch was able, Lelouch who, who by the way, he's not, only Shanma can get the, can only, uh, only Shanma has memory of the future that would, would in turn never happen. Uh, not even Shalia knows. She has to basically tell everyone that what happened. So anyway, so since every time Shanma was resetting that time over and over and over again and doing things differently, Lelouch, my good, like he's kind of he's such a badass of how and he's ridiculously smart. He's realizing that uh, that like I said, some that she has Gios. He like typed down a list of possible Gioses she can have, and then every single time she's resetting, he's eliminating each and every one of them until he finally gets to the one that her Gios is, and managed to basically uh, use his Gios against her own guards to hold her down, to hold her down, get some information from her, Shanma. Shanma thinking that, oh, she's just going to reset again. Not that big of a deal. And then Lelouch simply tell her, hey, go to sleep for the next couple hours. So when she wakes up, I think in like eight or nine hours, as uh, he commanded her, when she wakes up, she can't kill herself and go back to the past to to obtain or to utilize that new information. Because every time she'll go to the past, she will be asleep. Pretty interesting. Another scene, we're also introduced to C2 again, and to our surprise, or well, not really, since it's in the title, Lelouch is with her, but except he's kind of like a former shell of himself. He doesn't even act like Lelouch. He's very uh, timid. He's very scared. He doesn't talk a lot, and he he's haunted by uh, he is haunted by he's partially haunted by his past, like he sees like PTSD sort of thing, but he's not fully there. And basically, C2 has to take care of. And also, uh, Lelouch is uh, immortal. He is immortal. Which is pretty interesting because I remember back in the day, after uh, Code Geass ended, a lot of people believed that Lelouch didn't actually kill himself, but instead he stole his father's code of immortality and and which allowed him to live after being assassinated in Zero Requiem. Honestly, I was the one who made it made sense to me back then, but I realized that it wouldn't make sense because having him live ruins the purpose 
or ruins the whole point of his plan for world peace. So that wouldn't make any sense. But it looks like, but it looks like the writing is kind of it maybe it's hinting at that. Maybe it's a nod to that uh, fan theory. If you don't like, if you like it or don't like the fact that this is happening, you know, keep in mind that this is from, this is in a parallel, this is from a, it's on a different parallel canon to the original series, like I said earlier. Um, what else then? Uh, they encounter, they, by the way, so C2 and, and uh, Lelouch, they basically encountered everyone again. They need to go into Zilkistan because there is actually a thought elevator, uh, which C2 believes that Lelouch will be able to regain his memory and basically his identity and his Gios as well, since he can't use his original Gios. And um, and it happens. It happens like that. There was like a, there was like a heist-like plan that was happening for them to get into this facility. It works. Lelouch is back to himself. Though they are cornered and forces are coming in to corner to um, to kill them, and with his expertise in strategy, he basically outsmarts almost basically everyone, the enemy uh, Zilkistani forces, and uh, they manage to get away, which is pretty awesome. He also meets up with uh, uh, Cornelia and Ogie, uh, who are stationed at I believe at a border town. And what's interesting is that Cornelia and Ogie, they still don't really trust Lelouch or Cornelia doesn't trust Zero, the, the person of Zero, while Ogie trusts Zero, but he doesn't trust Lelouch, which is pretty interesting. But anyways, like I said earlier, they start mounting an attack against uh, against the, uh, the the king and the princess because they have Nonali and Nonali was they're using Nonali by the way to access in to get access into into Sea's uh, world and for what exactly let me see okay so they're using Nonali who because of a relation to Charles Z, to Charles and Luge and all this stuff, they believe they could use Nonali to get into C's world to basically manipulate, uh, to manipulate the world so they could they could restore Zilkistan's political might. That's the whole point. Uh, there's actually a lot of good combat scenes. Uh, Luge has some good nightmare combat scenes. Uh, Cornelia certainly has a really great one and Suzaku against Shalio was a great one same thing with Colin the thing that at first I didn't like was Colin and Suzaku's nightmare frames were, were like these super heavy big bulky thing turns out they're technically night giga fortresses I mean they had a lot of power in them but they look kind of ugly but it turns out they're actually they're actually like a night giga fortress shell around a nightmare frame and both of their original not the original not the uh, Gurin Satan and Lancelot Albion but instead it's the upgraded versions they come out and they do their stuff at, like they were designed to do which is amazing Which was awesome it was awesome 
But like I said, Lelouch puts Shanma to sleep. She cannot, now she cannot relay information. She cannot reset anything. Shalio gets killed. The uh, government or the uh, military stands down. And then, uh, yeah, all this. And they save Nanoli. Well, actually, they retrieve Nanoli's body. She is not waking up. Turns out she was stuck in Sea's World. On top of that, something is wrong with Sea's World. Um, something is wrong with Sea's World. Because, how can I put it? Like, the souls in Sea's World are not moving around. They're, like, frozen in place. Um... God, as they put it, who was represented as the planet Jupiter out into the distance, is there again. Um, which is pretty interesting. Although, I don't know what's the implications of that. By the way... Oh no, I already said this earlier, that Shirley did not die and was the one who smuggled Lelouch's body, Lelouch's corpse, so he could be resurrected later. So, with the help, with the help of a, a thought elevator, uh, C2 and Lelouch, they went to Sea's world, they managed to rescue Nanoli, and basically, they all they win and before and c2 like at the end of the movie c2 was about to leave on her own and lelouch was all like hey i'm coming with you and he said and then c2's all like don't be ridiculous i gotta do this on my own uh well like i said uh, before the before the break i mentioned how like c's world kind of like broke into shards across the world or something like that i'm not really sure exactly what is going on but c2 said well i gotta go i'm gonna go on this journey i gotta make sure c2 army not c2 c's world is complete is whole and it's working properly because i don't know what was that that we saw earlier but we gotta find but i gotta find out what it is and then lelouch uh said hey i'm gonna come with you no matter what yeah people might it's gonna be suspicious that me and you are together again um I'll have to get rid of my identity. I won't be Lelouch anymore. I'll I'll call myself L2. And effectively, this is like his quote-unquote marriage proposal. As I didn't get that from the movie, but according to a synopsis I'm reading, it's his idea of a marriage proposal, which sounds ridiculous. That kind of it kind of turns us uh, Shirley into a cuck. Even though I'm not really sure what. Shirley's relation to Lelouch is now. I gotta see those movies just to make sure. So the movie ends there with both of them leaving and going on this worldwide adventure to find these shards. Although there is a post credit scene which takes place some undetermined time in the future where both C2 and Lelouch are standing over a massive graves in the forest and Lelouch is stating that he's taking away the geos of those who wield it without resolve. And the most interesting part and the thing that I got to look more into is that this whole scene, by the way, they're wearing these like really elegant Baroque clothing, like big clothing. And 
Supposedly, from what I'm reading on this synopsis, let me just read the sentence. This post-credit scene served as a setup for the movie's picture drama where Lelouch and C2 confronted a pirate and C2 took away his geos. Which is uh, a picture drama. Okay, that is very, very interesting. Um, which I'm not sure about that. There's a couple things that kind of stick out to me that I didn't notice before, which was which was in a teaser trailer for Lelouch of the Resurrection. There was a there was a nightmare that looked like uh, the Lancelot Albion. However, it was painted in its uh, its color scheme was that of the Shinkiro, which I'm thinking, oh, so Lelouch has his own Lancelot Albion, which unfortunately does not show up in the movie. And from what I read, which I can't find it right now where it's at, and I don't remember the name of it, but from what I understood, it was the nightmare was used. Uh, the nightmare was used for events that took place before the movie, but was not. But from what I understand, it was not part of the previous movie. So it was like in between. And that was just a little animation to show that, which is unfortunate. A little disappointed about that one. I'm not certain if that's. Although I cannot. I cannot verify that 100%. So I got still keep looking for that. So hopefully. Uh, hopefully that's not the case. Maybe it's part of the previous uh, installment. But anyways, that's basically the movie. I know it's a little choppy in here and there, but that's how I how I presented it. What do I think about the movie? Well, like I said before the ads or before the break, I love the movie, even though there's a lot of parts that, like I said, it takes place in a parallel canon, which is very similar to the anime, but with some things change, which I don't, which I don't entirely agree with some of these changes and I don't understand some of these changes at all, but I still like the movie. I love the movie and the fact that it's gonna, it's, this is basically a starter to a new series on a parallel canon, which at the end of the day, when I look at the big picture, I'm glad that this movie is not part of the original uh, anime canon because like I said earlier, it doesn't make sense for Lelouch to still be alive or brought back or essentially being brought back to the dead because it will ruin the purpose of the Zero Requiem or World Peace. It, it would just ruin it and everything he has done will be for nothing if he is resurrected and made immortal. So seeing that, I'm glad that it's not that and it's like I said, it's a separate canon, it's a separate universe with that mostly similar but it's now going to start off its own series and hopefully as it looks as i'm reading here the original cast will be back for a lot of the original characters especially uh uh what's what's his name karen not karen uh, well karen strassman who is the voice of colin is going to be there uh, Johnny Young Bosch, of course, a legend in the anime community. 
Uh, it's going to voice Lelouch, Kate Higgins for C2, and uh, Yuri Lowenthal for Suzaku is returning as well. Although with all the new characters, I don't recognize any of these names and I'm glad I don't recognize any big name celebrities because a lot of the times, uh, a lot of projects, a lot a lot of people don't know this and, I, and I'm going to end this really quick. A lot of people don't know this, that most projects are ruined because there are big name celebrities attached because a lot of big name celebrities have these huge egos and expect to be paid way more for the most menial tasks they do in a project. That's the reason why a lot of non-Hollywood and non-mainstream uh, pieces of media and entertainment don't have any big name celebrities. With there's there are rare exceptions. A lot of times, those celebrities are a lot uh, sensible. They are a lot nicer people, and they're willing to just pop in for an appearance, and they don't demand a lot. They, and they don't demand a lot at all, which is very great. I'm looking forward to the to the release of the new series, which is called Capture of Z or Z of the Capture of Z. Well, the name might be different once it finally gets done, but I will look I'll look forward with much anticipation to watch that series. So, what do I think at the end of Lelouch of the Resurrection? I give it. I personally give it an eight. An 8 out of 10. It's a good movie. If you're interested, go watch it. It's on Crunchyroll. I don't know where else it's at right now. But it is a pretty interesting movie with a lot of good action pieces. A lot of good scenes. Nothing nothing really was a letdown. and Nothing was boring. Nothing dragged on for me. Uh, it was paced very well. And that's really all I have to say about this movie. I'm glad I watched it. Or I finally watched it. That's everything I have to say in this audio log. So I hope you enjoyed your time with me. And please share this, as I said earlier in the beginning. And until next time, I'll see y'all later. Yo, thanks again for listening. Please share amongst your friends and leave a review. Thank you in advance, and if applicable, I'll love to hear your response to the poll or Q&A that I left. If y'all have any comments, questions, or suggestions, then y'all can voice message me directly on this show's Spotify for Podcasters page or direct message me on mine. Until next time, I'm a villain, not a monster. Post Tenebrous Lux. Die today live tomorrow.